Hey, I'm just glad I didn't fall asleep outside on the damn balcony when the damn tornado hurricane came through. That was pretty funny. That was the funniest moment of the weekend was when Matt McElwain got locked out, which I I don't know who locked him out. I did. Oh, you locked him out? You (laughs) asshole. On purpose? Yeah, on purpose. And then grab the KY and get yourself ready. You got some sliding to do. What's up, y'all? Trey Lewis here. You're listening to my podcast, DM Monday. How's it going, fellas? It's going good. I'm glad Bonner's here. I didn't know if we would see Bonner today. Bonner's yeah, alive. How was Bonneroo? I survived. Bonner at Bonneroo. Our tents didn't make it. Uh, man, I honestly don't even know what happened at Bonneroo. I just remember Saturday night, there was this wizard that was running around and like, from there on, I was like, I don't know what even happened this a weekend. A wizard? Yeah, this, people were like wearing costumes, and this guy in a wizard costume. Like I, Harry Potter or something? Yeah, basically. But he was just like running, and he ran into so, so, a friend of ours. So who, so who were you there with? Uh, Brian Frazier, Jordan Hobson, and Holly Frazier. Nice. That's, a, you, that's a good crew to go with. Did you get solid. your haircut before or after? I got a cut before. I think, I mean, you look like a whole new person. I know, and I shaved the beard, too, because I kind of had a beard going with on. With a mustache back. Feels like me again. Yeah. Did you wash your hair today? It looks. I washed it yesterday, this morning at four when I got back from Bonnaroo, because I didn't wash it from Wednesday to this morning. Did you sleep at all? No. Damn. Well, kind of. Not very much, because other shit's going on all night to like six a.m. There's like sunrise DJ sets. Oh wow. So who was like the coolest act when you were like uh, Machine Gun was- Kelly? Just fucked tons of pyro and shit was blowing up. <laughs> Did I'm you do any, like, other than weed? Did you do any nah, real I, drugs? I, I spooked out. I wanted to. Damn, I thought you were going to do mushrooms. What I was happened? going to. I just got nervous. What, what was the wildest? It was just so hot that I was like, I don't know how I'm going to feel <laughs> while I'm <laughs> miserably hot <laughs> and on shrooms. Well, it looked like you just experienced all of the elements except for snow. Like, you guys had wind. You had rain. You had thunder and lightning. You had heat. You had Pretty humidity. much. It was like full Narnia. <laughs> full Narnia. Yeah, with, like, animals and shit, and I don't even know. Oh, wow. Me and Alex were headed to uh, Atlanta Wednesday to to do a Kid Rock show, and uh, we stopped. And I was like, "Dude, let's get Waffle House." And when we stopped, it's like Wednesday. I'm like, "Why are all these fucking people at Waffle House?" And we were in whatever town, Bonner. Was it Winchester? Yeah, you are in Manchester. Yeah, Manchester. Oh, Damn, we had a Waffle House before Bonner too, so we yeah, probably were fucking right, right there. Yeah, right up, right off the exit, right yeah, there. Right. The, yeah. And the, and the people were like, y'all going to Bonnaroo? I was like, do I look like I would fucking go to Bonnaroo? But yeah. Alex is like built for Bonnaroo. I dressed like a frat guy going in. Like me yeah. and Brian, we wore collared shirts and everything. And yep. professional so they wouldn't, you know, search our cars. <laughs> they said people die out there. Yeah, they do. There's people just like passed out everywhere. Like luckily, like I slept during Tool. I got so like, you know when you get Tool so. Tool was there? Yeah, you know how when you Fuck. get so high, you like just can't function. You yeah. say, I gotta go to sleep. So yeah. that's what happened during Tool. I was trying to get on everybody else's level who was just like doing actual drugs and i just like couldn't i just See, collapsed the, and went to sleep the pretty tool much shows wild because maynard the lead singer like isn't on stage so it's like you probably don't remember it because you were trying to get to proper tool level but like if you look up their videos on youtube it's like only thing on stage is the band and the lead singer's like behind the drum kit yeah like, he's not on stage you just see his shadow like well, like for all the other the acts they put 
them up on the like the big screen where you could see them. They just had trippy ass like yeah. graphics and they weren't lit up. So I was like, fuck this. I crawled into a fucking ball in Jordan's hammock and went to sleep. And it's like, wake me up when it's over. Damn. Yeah, trying to sleep during a tool show. I it's did. like a nightmare. It was awesome. It was the best sleep I got. I have pictures. I didn't I can even show know they were like still, they're still huge then, huh? Yeah. yeah and Turnpike was there, right? Turnpike. We saw Turnpike, Paul Coffin. How was that? Dude, Turnpike was pretty lit, honestly. Because they, they haven't been a band for a while, right? They played at like 12 15 at midnight. Yeah, yeah, Evan just got out of rehab. Is it all the original members? I'm honestly not sure. I believe so, yeah. Yeah. We saw our Lord and Savior, uh, Sacco. Yeah. From QS6 Media, he the, the video. Full wacko, right? Uh, honestly, I don't know. The last day I saw him, I don't even really. I was like, dude, I don't even remember if we talked, but uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but the first day, I, I was sober and we hung out and it was a good time. He was full wacko then. Yeah, he it? probably was. <laughs> well, I, yeah, because he had at least four beers when I saw him in the first hour. So we he were, was. We were talking in the, uh, in the group chat. I was like, and I was like, I love Wacko because y'all are all kind of shitting on him. Yeah. He's like, at least somebody does. And then I shit right on him. I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I just love him because he's just like McElwain, just less inbred. But it, when he shit on, when he shit back on McElwain, he's like, is this too much? I was like, there's no such thing. Send it. <laughs> what did he say? Uh, something about Selma. I don't oh, really yeah. remember. That's funny. Selma, the Birmingham. So, yeah. so Atlanta, Charlotte, Raleigh. Y'all went to Six Flags, right? And Six yeah. Flags. Yeah, um, Six Flags was badass. There's hardly anybody there. I mean, I doubt that place stays open another another year. I mean, it's just like nobody there. Never been. We rode every ride, most every ride twice. Wow. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty funny. So there's this ride at Six Flags called the Scream Machine. McElwain, <laughs> oh, McElwain doesn't ride roller coasters. But uh, you've never been, have Well, you? we have a Six Flags in New Jersey. Okay. So it's a different set of rides. So, like the same concept. No, there but. was this ride there called the called the Ninja, and it's like the worst. Like guaranteed to like fuck your neck up or like get, <laughs> oh, a, get, get a headache every time. It's really yeah. rough. So we see this roller coaster where the Ninja used to be, and basically we get on it. We're like, yeah, that's the same ride. Like they just repainted it. You know, Alex is like, this is what you call polishing a turd. Uh, but like, dude, we had like, we had a great weekend. It was pretty chill. You know, like when we're not doing after parties, the Kid Rock stuff is so easy and you just have like so much downtime. Um, but Wednesday night we played in Atlanta. I mean, it was so hot, dude. Like, I don't know. I mean, just standing outside, like you're just dripping sweat. Yeah. So we get to our hotel. It's called the Reverb by Hard Rock. Mm. And it was fucking terrible. It was like a smart hotel. Like the last thing you want to do when you're checking in. So if Reverb by Hard Rock, if you're listening, your hotel fucking sucks in Atlanta. <laughs> it sounds fancy. Yeah. Like but it it's sounds like, like a you, nice hotel. The last thing you want to do after being on the road all day is go self-check yourself into a fucking right. hotel. You know what I mean? It's That's like a kiosk worst. machine. Like you got to put your email in and like all this shit. The last thing you want to do is like put your email in so they can send you a 500 more emails. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And then... uh we get up to our room and like the thermostat's like so hard to even understand how to get it going, and then it just doesn't blow cool air. So we were just like, "Hot, darn!" I feel that way about here. And Alex that. like used the polishing a turd like line there. He's <laughs> like, "This is bullshit." And then uh, I don't know. The next night we played that acoustic show in um, in uh, Wadawi, Alabama, which Alex kept calling it. We do we, <laughs> we do we, we do we. Um, it was very much like um, playing that acoustic gig was very much like the old days of me and Terry playing acoustic shows. It's cool you were able to bring Terry with you. On yeah, that and too. people knew who we were and they like knew my songs. But it was very like much set up like a Mexican restaurant gig. Like we had a good time. It was awesome. They paid us really well. 
we stayed after and you know took pictures and you know there's critters there and all that sold stuff. sold out of koozies yeah sold out of koozies it was it was fun man it was a good time um really enjoyed that and then we leave there and we drive back we're i was like let's just get through atlanta because you know how atlanta traffic can be so we stayed at this hampton inn we're like okay new hotel like no problems i was like and it was so hot that night it was like super hot i was like all i want to do is just take like a nice hot shower and like get in the bed and go to bed and we get to the hotel and the hot water's out (laughs) fuck yeah Go dogs. So, like, at that point, we started doing this thing with Alex where we were, like, every time we get in traffic, Alex would be like, hell yeah, dude, I've been waiting all day for this. I can't wait to sit in traffic. Like, we just, yeah. we played a bunch of disc golf. I almost beat his ass. Damn. Yeah, we got to, like, the ninth hole, and he was only up one stroke on me. Wow. Yeah. So, um, I got a new disc. I don't know what it's called. So, you didn't throw just your T-Bird over and over and over and over? No, no, no. I usually just throw the sole. Ah. But, um, yeah, so we did that, and then we went to Raleigh, which Mark Addison Chandler came out and yeah. brought his kids. And then Randy, Randy, Randy. Uh, Adams. Randy Adams. I want to say Randy was Jackson he, from what? American Idol for some reason. <laughs> That'd be cool, too. That would have been a wild green room that's hang. A, that's a no for me, dog. Back-to-back uh, weeks, Ric Flair and Randy Jackson. That would But have Mark wild. came out to Raleigh and brought his two kids, so I got to meet his kids, which his kids were, like, surprisingly, like, really good kids, you know? Uh, yeah, he's a West Point grad. Like, yeah, he's going to. Remember gonna, the first time you met? Mark. Oh, I have pictures of the first time I met Mark. That was a that I was don't a think great I've ever night. Met Mark. For those you don't know, Mark is a songwriting f- friend of mine. Mark Addison Chandler. We wrote uh, "Backup Man" and "Anybody Other" and a bunch of other songs. And together. and if you're here in Nashville, Thursday nights at Live Oak, he hosts uh, Grindhouse Nashville, Grindhouse, the Midtown not Grind. Grinder, but Grindhouse. <laughs> but uh, what was Raleigh like being another one of the DDID cities? It was cool, man. I'm starting to like really kind of get in a groove with the Kid Rock stuff, and it's pretty cool. Like every night, walking out on stage and just like, especially with the amphitheaters, like you can see all the way to the back. I love the amphitheater setups. um, In the arenas, all you can really see is like what's in front of you. You can't really see like way out, but in the amphitheater, you can see everything. And just like looking out into the crowd and seeing phone lights all the way to the back, like it's not the whole crowd, but you can see them. You know what I mean? It's like really cool and like i feel like this year i've done a like i said i was going to do I, I feel like i've done a really good job of like enjoying the moment well what you i know? can't wait for We've is still got like 30 shows left something, something that's crazy like it just never ends um this weekend coming up dick you singing dick down in dallas at the dosakis pavilion in dallas texas in dallas is going to be a fucking moment dude it's gonna be insane um, i'm really excited for that um and going back to two venues um one for an after party one for a headlining date mavericks yeah. in buta texas i got it right this time sacco buta and um going back to rowdies in spring rowdies in spring should be a good time yeah i remember you had a Thing with the merch girl that night. I had a good time last time in Rowdy's. She she don't live there no more. But, Where she uh, live now? She lives. She went back to Oregon. Oh, I thought she was damn. Colorado. You made her move back home. Yeah, bro. Made her leave. Gave her the egg roll. <laughs> Is she related to Mark Orient? Did you see the thing that I sent you today the on egg. Instagram? Uh uh-uh. uh The the dude um Savi or whatever the mm-hmm. comedian. No. Uh-uh. He was like, do we have any uncircumcised brethren in here? Like uncircumcised brethren? Oh yeah, because you're uncircumcised. No, I am not uncircumcised. <laughs> he was about to show his dick to I Big Tom not, though. I was about to show my oh, dick yeah. to Big Tom. Yeah. Yeah, he was going to make a point. I was like, oh, no. Yeah. I got to go hang out with Ric Flair. <laughs> I got to go hang out with Ric Flair. Woo! Did like, you get to spend some time with your dad? I did. I got to spend some time with my dad. I ate a lot of seafood. Did he make fun of you? 
No, he yeah. actually didn't. My, the bla- the Blasio, my stepdad is the one that, that, that gives me shit, balls, that busts so. my balls. But no, we we chilled out, watched, we played played a lot of cribbage, smoked a lot of cigars. I probably smoked like eight or nine cigars this do week. Do your lungs not hurt? No, I mean, it's just what we do, man. Damn. It's just what we do. Yeah. Like you go to Bonnaroo and, and party and have a weekend yeah and i feel remember. terrible yeah I, I mean i i don't mind going to cigars and sitting around with a bunch of old fat bald dudes talking in boston accents you yeah. know like yeah. it was it was a good time and lots of seafood yeah. lots of lots of lots and you went to the beach did you eat any, the beach. uh unpeeled shrimp no did they no. peel their shrimp there they peel the shrimp before they get yeah. it to you there um, man we, we don't we there. don't have bubba gum shrimp shit up there lobster and haddock i don't know do they know this story who? Have we talked our about our viewers, you? our friends? Our I, friends? I'm pretty sure the viewers have heard this, but if you want to tell it again, go for it. We've got a studio audience member. I'm sure McElwain will love to chime in. We've got yeah, McElwain's got a camera now he's, and he's, a microphone. He's got the, he's Fuck got, you, Matt he's, McElwain. He's, he's got the donkey dink microphone over there, my, my RE20 fancy um, radio mic. So we played, where was it? Panama City. We did like a spring break thing. This was the first spring break. Yeah. The one where there was St. actually, actually people yeah, there. St. Patrick's Day with the foam party that night. And I that think was, Gucci Mane played it, right? Didn't no, Gucci? Jack Harlow and Afro Man played that Damn, as so well. Gucci oh, it was Travis there? Porter or something. No, or it might have been. I think, well, it, was tra- <laughs> I think, I think it was Afro Man. It was Man. Travis Porter, Afro Man, and Jack Harlow yeah. were the other three acts. It was a Yeah, there's actually day. people there. Remember the second Gucci one, Man. there was nobody there? The second one, there was nobody. There wasn't. There wasn't Except for Ryan Nelson and a Trey Lewis like, cut off shirt. <laughs> in, the, in his um, Tennessee Vols DDID. Yeah, he was fucking thriving. He had like sig in each hand, probably throwing it around. Yeah. Um, so we did that, and then we stayed in this like condo. This was before we were like really getting a lot of hotel rooms. We just Airbnb like a condo, and we ordered a bunch of food like into the into the condo, and we're all like sitting around like eating shrimp and like whatever. And Brill's like, uh, Alex goes, "Yeah, that shrimp's not really good." <laughs> and Brill goes, "Yeah, uh, really spicy." And Alex goes, hold on, hold on. Did you just eat an unpeeled shrimp? Like, Burrell ate the whole thing. He didn't know you were supposed to peel it. Yeah, I never peeled shrimp a day in my life. We just, we don't have that. Y'all do have No, that. we don't. All right, comment if y'all do have peeled shrimp. Ask Kara if she's ever peeled a shrimp before. I'm pretty sure she has. I mean, we went to Denver. They gave us unpeeled shrimp. Well, that was out in Denver. I'm saying ask yeah. ask some some of my northern like Yankee folk, and it's like the cocktail shrimp with like the shrimp boats, the cold Seems shrimp. pretty normal. It's not not something. Yeah, I, not I don't something get. I, hey, I'm just glad I didn't fall asleep outside on the damn balcony when the damn tornado oh, hurricane yeah. came through. That was pretty funny. That was the funniest moment of the weekend. Was when Matt McElwain got locked out. Which I didn't. I don't know who locked him out. I did. Oh, you locked him out, you <laughs> asshole. On purpose. Yeah. On purpose. And then and then you hear the tornado sirens going off yeah. in Panama City, like the one time they have a tornado. Matt yeah, I mean, banging like, on there like I a stray think cat. You know, I think there was like a, for for like a year or so. I always hated McElwain because he got drunk. He acted like an idiot. But now I just love it. Like you embrace I, it. I embrace it. I hang it up. But at that point, I was still kind of like hating on him for it. So I was like, I'm gonna lock his ass out here. This <laughs> he was hilarious. so mad. Did you wake up? What happened? How'd you get back inside, McElwain? Probably I Alex. I, sl- I think I slipped all the way through everything and finally woke up to a, like a, a towel on me or something, <laughs> soaking wet. <laughs> I was That's like, well, funniest part about the shrimp thing too, uh, Devonte didn't peel his shrimp either, but he just didn't tell nobody. Yes, yeah, so then I got all the shit. Devonte was sitting there just laughing, and he didn't Hilarious. he didn't touch a shrimp. That's but, um, did we talk about your redneck mat last week? 
We talked about it a lot. So, so last week. It, we, this caused or, me to leave the band group chat because I'm so <laughs> embarrassed about my past. Last episode, we had uh, Jordan Rager on. And he, he, I mean, you added yourself. Uh, Barrell talked about having um, having uh, doing, having a radio show, and he called himself Redneck Matt. What was it called? Redneck Radio. I, was red, I inherited it. I wasn't the founder. It was red. I was. I was. There was a Redneck Matt. There was a Mountain Man. There was a Cowboy Schmeeb. There was a Mick the Hick, and there was a Sexy Lexi. This is pretty solid, to be honest. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Like, dude, those are like, pretty like, catchy names, dude. Like, we we did a lot of. Like, I felt I felt like I was big shit at that little college radio station, yeah. drinking my fifth of Southern Comfort every day. Yeah. Like, I was doing. Anyway, so cool Alex shit. goes and finds all these videos of Burrell doing these interviews. It's just a young it, I, Alex. Like, I mean, Alex is like, dude, he's grown so much. But I was like, honestly, it just looks like a younger Burrell. You know, I was chubby. I mean, you're still doing the oh, talking with your hands. And I think like, I've gotten better. It was really oh, you're bad definitely back better. Then. I mean, I mean, if you watch some of the raw clips of me doing interviews that Bonner has or Alex yeah. has, like. I would probably leave the group message too, but well, when you have your Netflix documentary, I'm going to save all this footage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some there's some interviews. I mean, like we did some stuff with like uh, an online station in New Zealand. Yeah, and we called it because we had like these Australian <laughs> artists that were coming up at the time, and I forget the names of them. Nobody that was like really big. We thought they were they were big because yeah. we were just a little 25 watt college radio station. We did like an, a late night special. It was really just an excuse so that we could party and do a radio show. Yeah. So we did it to coincide with happy hour on a Friday in Australia. So we did it from midnight to 2 a.m. on a Thursday, and we just got hammered. But we called it Down Under Thunder. Now, oh, if you've no. ever heard of Down Under Thunder, yeah. that is a male strip show with Australian male strippers. So we had all these weird chick weird old ladies calling into our show oh, like nice. asking us what we were wearing and all this shit I was, we had no idea I'm like, this I'm, is awesome I'm like, I'm like dude I'm, I'm like I'm wearing a cut off and a pair of cargo camouflage shorts seven like, inch NC baby <laughs> what the fuck are we talking Bonner's about next here? job yeah, yeah are they hiring Dude, with that mustache, I'm sure they would like you'd be that little guy that would like come that would like fucking sneak out somewhere. Yeah. That'd be an experience. But yeah, Redneck Matt was a was a thing. Just yeah. like you have T Bird, just like you have your dread days. Like we all have our, our days of back in the like how we've changed over the years. Yeah, you know? my mom gave me that name. T so. your mom gave you that? Bird, Trey Bird. Really? Yeah. I thought that was like your your um your Malibu's most wanted no, name. Mom gave me that name and then they started calling me when calling me that when i was playing baseball and i mean dude I, we had this team like we should have been the best team i'm not saying i sucked at baseball but like we had like we had like every badass player you could have and like dude we would get up like 13 nothing and just like the, the lose they, games the, the day have you at first base just being a tall guy oh no dude i was in the left field where nobody <laughs> hits the ball like i sucked bro I was every time i striked out or like missed a ball or something i would cuss and cry and fucking first just What's that? Yeah, worst loser ever, dude. I got um. This is what we're what we're talking about. My parents are gonna love me telling this story. Um, so I come. My my family's like really big into baseball. Like my great grandpa played. By for the, the way, you're saved in my phone as redneck Matt. Now. I know. I saw okay. that. I saw that. Brutal. People are gonna be like, "Oh, is that McElwain, the actual redneck?" No, it's Burrell. Um, but um, my great grandpa like played for the Brooklyn Dodgers. My my pop pops in like the state of Maine baseball Hall of Fame went to the League World Series. Like, my family was really big into baseball, which yeah. is why I love the Yankees. So growing up, we my sister played softball. Me and my brother played baseball. My brother was good at baseball. My sister was good at softball. I was not good at baseball. 
And I, I one time was in a fall ball game. I threw a bunch of pitches. I hit the pitch limit of like how many you could throw. I threw a bat down in the dugout, like an aluminum bat. It popped up, hit a kid in the chin. Damn. The coach cussed me out and Damn. was like, you're never playing in this little league again. And then I started playing golf and football. You never played in the little league Never again? played again. I was like Damn. 12 years old, 13 years old. Outlaw. <laughs> it literally popped awesome. up. Hit a kid. Eric Torkelson. I'll never forget it. Pop, hit him right in the chin. You ever see that kid again? No. <laughs> we should look him up on did, Facebook. Did you play baseball or anything? Uh, yes, I did. How was it? Uh, pretty good. Yeah. I just kind of sucked because all the kids grew taller and I didn't. I was like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> all right, word of the week. Word of the week. I want, Mac- I want, week. I want McElwain to read this because I feel like it's just going to sound better with him saying it. Do you have a sheet, McElwain? Yeah, give me two seconds. There you go. I want McElwain to read the word of the week. It just sounds country. McElwain's no fun if he's not drunk, you know? I know. He's way too he serious. Can be. He's got too much responsibility. All right, McElwain. Uh, let me find it. Piddling. Piddling around. Grill's always piddling around. Yeah. <laughs> what is, so what do you think it means, McElwain? I don't even know why you still work here. He's always piddling <laughs> I, I, around. I don't know, man. I mean, I feel like this is like a Make-A-Wish project at this yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, we're your sponsors. <laughs> I mean, hey. I, I do. hey you, get, you get paid more than anybody in this whole band. <laughs> But piddling, piddling, piddling around. Have you had you ever heard that before? Oh uh, yeah. Now need to quit piddling around and get back to work. Really? Like that's like an actual thing? Yeah. What about you, Boner? You've heard it? A hundred percent. I've never heard of piddling. It's like that's what I did at my day job all day. That's probably it's like where you're just like looking around on Snapchat or whatever. You're not doing what you're, you're supposed not to be. doing what you're supposed to be doing. Like get back to work. It's just a country way of saying quit, quit fucking around. Basically, what you do every weekend when we go on tour. There we go. Talking Pid- to girls and Pitlin' Burrell. We you know we'll be like um, in like doing the meet and greet after the show, and you're like trying to get girls Snapchat. I am numbers. not. Like, I you gotta get not. business cards printed with like the QR I am code. Not. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. I'm, like, I'm like, bro, get your head in the game. Come on, man. No, what I'm doing is I'm watching the the wild shit, making yeah. sure yelling at people. Yeah, I get too too stressed. They're like, fuck it. I did want to meet Trey Lewis, but now I don't because this guy's yelling at us. <laughs> hey, speaking of Matt McElwain, I'm I know we're trying to get a QR code. I'm just kidding for your uh, near your drum set where girls can just scan and get your snap. Snapchat. Did we ever get that done? No, we need to make that happen. Though. All right, I'll make it happen this week. Remind me tomorrow. I bet I you McElwain gets more Snapchats and Instagram follows every weekend. Dude, that's his first. That's like his pickup line. I'm like, hey, this is my drummer, Matt McElwain. He's single and wants to fuck. And he's yeah. like, what's your Snapchat? <laughs> and she's like, I'm Dude, wet. I've, I've had girls, I've asked girls for their, like, I've learned now. Depending on where you're at, if you're out on the road in a certain place, like in a certain college town, you can ask for Snapchat. But if you over a certain age, you can't ask a girl for her Snapchat. My most fav- so you gotta ask for a phone My number. My most at that recent point. favorite uh, McElwain story is uh, uh, I was his wingman in Mountain Home, Arkansas. Oh, dude, Mountain Home was wild. Yeah, it that was. Night. I love that show. And we're going back in what September? September. Yep. Thank second, you, Chef Daryl. Second week of September. Yeah, dude, Chef Daryl with the good food, the radio station out there. They we got what we got to do is we got to get in there early in the day so you could, we can get your ass on the water. Yeah, trout fishing capital of the world. They say. Yeah. So it'd be cool. To yeah, see if anybody in Mountain Home, Arkansas wants to take me fishing, I'll come down a day early or something. Yeah, that'd be cool. Just throwing that out there, you know throwing that out there um so who do we got as this guest today so we got a great guest today he's a good friend of mine his name is jake rose jake is a uh he's a badass songwriter um we wrote my next single that's coming out i don't know when but it's called uh my ex came over we wrote it together and we've written every time we've gotten together to write a song he's great um 
he's just he does tracks and he's kind of got like that rock vibe he was in a in a band called new medicine they still put out music and rock band and uh he's he's done some cool stuff but i don't want to ruin it all you know what i mean i want to have the interview with him so here's the interview with jake rose uh, all right ladies and gentlemen we got jake rose today on the podcast y'all give it up for him yeehaw we hell yeah thanks how for you, having me yeah man how are you doing doing good man busy but good what'd you do today i was in the studio working on a on a track for my my rock band today today was rock jake yeah. today new, so. new medicine yep yep yeah man of many hats here that's uh, right so you have the rock band new medicine you have your country thing you do yeah jake rose yeah and then you uh or you you write at endurance yeah published writer yep and you produce some producing too, yeah, right? producing records too. So, so a lot I, of hats. I told Bonner when we came in here last, I guess after I write, uh, did what did we write last Monday? Yeah, a week, week ago, yeah, yeah. And uh, I came in here, I was like, dude, Bonner, uh, Jake Rose wrote Beach Cowboy because me and him, we <laughs> fucking, awesome. we fucking Maybe. love that. It gets jammed in the on yeah. the road a lot. Hell with yeah, us. dude, I love that song, man. That's awesome. Yeah, we love that song. That's uh, good. Somebody likes it. I like that. Yeah. That's a, that's always my response when people are like, "Dude, we want to hear like the 2013. We want to hear Country Boy Crazy, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> the OGTL. I've got this Let's old go. record that I put out like when I, I was probably before I started playing gigs. I came up here and my friend Nolan Neal produced it, and I mean it was a great record for the time being. But like you can listen to that record, and my voice doesn't even sound like my voice, right? You know? Yeah, just early. And it's just like I'm always just like glad somebody likes it, but we are not playing that <laughs> shit in our lives. Dude, show. I got about three or four of those records sitting in a closet at my dad's yeah. house. So. Yeah, mine are still on the internet, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but whatever, I still get the streaming checks. So That's like, right. I'm just gonna That's keep right. It's all for me. Yeah, country boy crazy. That's <laughs> just awesome. Sit around at the house and play. Hell on yeah. Repeat. <laughs> that's great man that's awesome um so i want to hear about this rock band we we touched on a little bit uh how'd you get your start in that like how'd you get your start <laughs> in music i know you're from minnesota right yep from minnesota kind of like 30 minutes outside of minneapolis and uh it's kind of like here where you know once you get past like yeah i don't know mount juliet or once you get past brentwood and franklin it's like you're 30 minutes but as soon as you get off that road all of a sudden it starts like Suburb, suburb, country, and I was right on the border. Oh, where yeah. like I went to school, I grew up on a farm. We had two thousand acres of corn, soybeans, wow. and we had like a hundred uh, beef cattle. So I grew up on a farm, but I went to school with a bunch of rich kids that I, that lived in the suburbs, right in the, in the nice part. Of, mm -hmm. I lived on the farm side, so I was always kind of like the um, farm kid, but at, at my school or whatever. But my dad had a southern rock band. They played like all Skinner. Almond Brothers, Charlie Daniels. Hell yeah. That's all he played. And, and like when I was, I always tell the story when I was a kid, my dad always played Sweet Home Alabama. And I thought he wrote it because I was like, well, that's my dad's song. He plays that song. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're like, well, that's Leonard Skinner. I'm like, what? No, my dad plays I that swear, shit. Man. I swear. Yeah. Can we, can we cuss on here or not? Yeah. Okay, do whatever you want, dude. Okay, Say God, whatever. I, I, I'm thinking too hard. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, my, just, I, I just grew, know it's on the internet forever. <laughs> yeah, we have a guy that checks to make sure it's appropriate. We have producers and editors. Yeah, okay, and okay, yeah. okay. But anyways, yeah, I kind of like my dad had a band with my uncle and they farmed and then they played three nights a week covers, you know, all those uh, stuff. And I just kind of grew up near the stage and, and I don't know, I just loved 
I was hooked early. You know, I just, my dad, I thought whatever my dad was going to do, I was going to do. I was going to farm and play music. That's yeah. what I wanted to do. And still to this day, that's all I really would want to do is I'm doing music and, you know, that's a little easier than farming. Yeah. So if music ever stops working out for me, then I'll go back to but farming. But I mean, you were but, introduced to that grind for a long time because I mean, de- farming definitely. is not like easy work. No, you know? it's just, it's up and at them. And, and that's, I'm still that way. I just, it's just kind of, and it's not, you know, until the job's done, it's not you're not you ain't done until the job's done. You know what I mean, kind of thing. I know we had that right with Jason one morning. And like I was just like I think it was I think it was on a Monday, and I just came in from the road, but he sent us the tracks at like eight or it. something like that, and you were like, "Yeah, man, I'm hearing this on this one," and like <laughs> yeah, I was just like, "Damn, it. I'm just like brushing my teeth trying to get <laughs> yeah. it together," you know? Yeah, and, and you're already you're already on it. I mean, we came in there, we wrote that song. I mean, quick, you wrote it. In no, an no, hour was and fun. Half. Was, I just <laughs> yeah. had it kind of came to me. Yeah, but um, yeah, so I kind of grew up around that, and then um, just I don't know. When I was twelve, I got a guitar and started writing my own stuff. I kind of got into Nirvana and. I just thought, wow, it's awesome to write. I want to write my own songs because Kurt Cobain did that, and that's what I want to do. Started bands then and whatever, but I I was like dead serious right then. I was not like, oh, maybe this will just be something I do for fun. I was like, nope. And I played one variety show at my school, and every girl after that was like, all um, and, you know, I, you know, what's, I'm like, a, I'm, what's a variety show? Just like you know, like, like a, a talent show. show. Yeah, like a talent yeah, show talent at show. the school. Yeah, yeah. You, somebody does a dance. Somebody does, and I had a band, and we played like Nirvana, Lithium. Yeah, and I just crushed it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it was Hell like, yeah. dude, the girls were all about it after that, and so I was like, screw football, dude. This yeah. this is way cooler. I'm playing guitar and writing songs, so kind of did that. But I was pretty serious pretty quick and then i had another i had a first band called counterculture and we made like a record we wrote a bunch of songs there garbage but we we were figuring it all out went to the studio and all that but when i was like in a junior that's when i really got serious and i met my guitar player dan and he he just had the same like i want to be i want to do something like i want to get the fuck out of here and, yeah. and do something and and so we just kind of met in 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 a tech class or whatever wood shop or something and we we would just Talk, we were always on that was like MySpace days and we were oh, always wow. like talking yeah. about all the bands on MySpace oh like I don't even remember My Chemical Romance and Fuck like yeah. Seosin and all these bands and we you're, were like this you're, is you're top 8 yeah exactly had, yeah. dude top 8 and we started a band right then and, and there and we just we like we would start like I, my dad had a barn you know with all the tractors but we built a little room on the front and that was we call it we still do I'm about to go there this week and practice but it's the jam room because yeah. my dad was like you can't be fucking jamming at- did your dad build the dra- jam room or well me and my dad together because he wanted for his band yeah. and he wanted for me he's like I don't want you in the house all night if you want to play guitar all night go out there and do it yeah and so anyways we would when my parents were out of town we would throw shows in there and there'd you know, be 150 people we'd have the door open on the barn <laughs> people like, just sitting out it was that's a, that's a dope house show oh dude yeah that's- it was because no one was gonna fuck with us over there you know I mean, like Bonner, are you jealous? Yeah, I'm 100 jealous. <laughs> Bonner loves going to these house shows. I go to like the there's like a Murfreesboro house show alliance when I was in college. Oh damn! And we're just like fucking moshing in people's living rooms. Oh, this is what it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was like way more. I mean, I remember inviting 20 people, but it was like it was just it just kept catching. Yeah, on that's what this was. We had like the Kirkwood house and just like fucking crazy shit and like anything but clothes parties and. <laughs> Dude, we were smoking weed on my roof, and some kid just puked on the roof. I'm like hoping like hopefully it'll storm raids. before my parents <laughs> yeah. come back. Like we had some wild shit, but man, we we were just always kind of rocking and and we just getting better and better and better. And I had met this one producer, 
in in town. His name is Steve Hodge, and he produced like uh, he worked with like Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, who did who did all the Michael Jackson, and and mm-hmm. uh, they're like two of the biggest producers of all time. Mm-hmm. But he was like their mix guy. But he, I somehow met him, and I just was like bothering him like dude would you ever record my band we'll pay you whatever and he's like all right send me some songs and then he finally kind of took took us under and and we recorded some stuff and during all that same time it was like people just started reaching out to me i don't know they just heard the buzz we had a lot of myspace (laughs) friends or whatever like i said and then we were kind of playing gigs downtown and just kind of started doing something. And I also was like, hey, this Were y'all is- living here? Were y'all still No, we were in Minnesota, Minnesota still. Okay. And then I met someone that said, man, you should really go down to Nashville and, and write. And, or like, I want to put one of your songs in this commercial on MTV. And I was like, oh my God, awesome. It's like, you got to sign up for like ASCAP or CSAC or some shit. Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. And then I met this guy from CSAC and he's like, man, well, he convinced me to sign with CSAC. And he's like, man, if you, you should really come down here and co-write, you know? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, you write with other people. Like I have tons of writers that could help you, you know, write or whatever. I, I love your songs, but you know, come down, check it out. So I came down here and stayed on the dude's couch and he booked me like one week of writing. And, and after the first write, I was like, oh my God, this is what I've been missing because no offense to my band, they're all like fine musicians, but they're not songwriters. Mm-hmm. So when you're only surrounded by people that are, you know, mm-hmm. they're not. Pu- I'm only pushing myself, right? Yeah. When you're in a room with another person, you're immediately like, "Oh, wow, that person's good," and you just step up to their level a little bit, or yeah. you learn something. And the first week I was here, I was like, "Oh man, I'm." I was like addicted to. I was like, "This is yeah. awesome." Were you writing rock stuff or country oh, stuff? Because you were coming from the rock world, you come down to country music town. Right. What was that like? Right, because I was like, I was thinking that I'm like, "Oh, this is I'm doing rock," you know. And then what am I gonna do in Nashville? And then I was like, "Oh no," I'm like, um. Kings of Leon are here. KG Elephant was here. They're all starting. I was like, well, that's kind of cool. And all the country writers I wrote with were kind of ex-rockers, and they were all like, thank God we can do some rock a little bit because yeah, I think yeah. we get burnt out on doing the same thing. <clears throat> Not that, it, you know, whatever. But it's funny because even when I did come down, then I would bring songs back, and everybody up there would be like, man, it kind of sounds country. Because <laughs> yeah. it's got a little Nashville flair, lyrically or whatever. I don't know, phrasing, I don't know. But yeah, that's kind of how it started. And then I started coming, t- taking trips. We, I'd go back up there. I would work a job. Uh, you know, I'd work. I was painting houses. I was working for my dad on the farm. Save enough money to come back down here, write four or five more songs, then come back. And I'd sleep on someone's couch, drive back up 15 hours. And then we started making a couple, we made a couple EPs. And that's when I, Atlantic Records started reach, reaching out to me. And we had, I was just like, my, my email I just get all these random emails. This is so-and-so from Universal Music Group. Were you just like selling a bunch of CDs or was it like all MySpace back then or like... Yeah, we were selling CDs at our shows and shirts and and then like, anyways, so we just... I was just a hustler, man. I was just always calling people, bothering people. Like I didn't... I had no shame, dude. I'd be like, can we open for you guys or whatever? I'd be calling venues like, can we play there? We can pack it out and like... Yeah. not knowing if we could yeah. I mean, we'd go after shows at the arena downtown and we'd be handing flyers out thousands of them and they'd people just throw them on the ground but we didn't care we just yeah. we just did it but anyways that's kind of how it started and then it was really wild how you know all these big labels started reaching out to me and i'm like how the hell did you guys get my number or whatever it just it just kind of spread and shit we did like we get we atlantic got real serious and then they flew us to new york city never been to new york city flew it fly to new york city and did a showcase for them and the guy's taking us out to dinner and everything and and we play and there's like four people in the room just with their arms crossed like and we play for no, just rocking out we're rocking it out as much as we can but there's no <laughs> there's no vibe in there yeah. and whatever and then we're like cool so now what and then like they call us like next week and they're like 
Yeah, uh, yeah, they're they're just don't know if you guys are quite ready yet or whatever. And we're like, fuck. And then so we go back. To, we're just like, whatever. We're we're punk rock. We're just gonna keep doing this. We're DIY. Like, yeah. And uh, that summer, all of a sudden, like two weeks after that, I thought, oh, there goes our big shot, right? Well, a week later, like Epic Records, we're gonna sign you. Flies to New York. We fly to New York. We play for everybody. We meet everybody. And the girl that was gonna sign us, she's like, she was just like loved us. We play the gig afterwards. She's like. Um, it was this famous guy, Charlie Walk, who ended up running Republic Records after that, but he was the president at the time. And he's walk I'm walking out of the venue and he's like, We're signing you, dude. This is you guys killed it. And I'm like, Yes, here we go. Yeah. And like a week later they're like, Charlie Walk exits Epic Records, and I'm like, Damn. Fuck. And it was just like that. And then we went to for Universal Motown and we did this and did that. And nobody signed us. And then finally somebody offered me and said, Hey, Candlebox is looking for an opener, but you got to buy on. It's like a couple grand to buy on, and I'd never even heard of it. But I was like, whatever. If, if, if the clubs are packed, we'll we'll sell merch. Fuck yeah. it, we'll do it. Because we didn't have an agent or anything, we didn't know how to get on tour. And all of a sudden, we got on this tour, and then on the middle of that tour, this was all within like a year maybe. And on that tour, somebody called me from a oh, Candlebox. Sorry, you know, I, I know, thought about that band. And what year? What year is this? This is oh oh eight. Yeah, yeah, oh eight. Yep. And, uh, I was just barely even sober. I, was say, I wasn't even in high school yet. Yeah. Damn, I'm old. Shit. <laughs> How old no, are you? I'm th- about to be 34 in August. Oh, so, damn. I'm yeah. older than you. Yeah. But anyways, it was, yeah, it was 08. And uh, yeah, so then so then we're going, we're just like, fuck it, let's go on this tour. That'll be awesome. And then in the middle of that tour, this guy, and, and we had a manager at the time, but he kind of wasn't, he was kind of whatever. Yeah. And then this label called me and said, hey, we're like, a, we're called Photo Finish. And we're a subsidiary of Atlantic. And I was like, well, we already played for Atlantic. They passed on us. And he's like, no, no, no. They got a whole new team there. And we'd sign you with them. And there's a whole new president now. since Because there was like a whole new A&R yeah. staff. Because shit changes, you know, fast. And uh, I was like, whatever. We already played for them. But so we, he's like, we're going to come to your show in New York. And if we love it, we're going to sign you guys. And so then we, we played at Irving Plaza with Candlebox. And Hell yeah. there was a guy in the front row. With two middle fingers up the entire time, like this when we played, he's like, fuck you, you suck. And the label's like right behind, you know, they're all watching us. And I'm like, this is, I mean, he he had so much stamina. I was honestly impressed. Like, was, you were demoralized. You were well, just like, he, the whole, he, he yeah. was like, he just hated it. We, we could have played, you know, the greatest show of all time. Yeah. And he was like, Candlebox, fuck you. <laughs> we're like, yeah. And then I'm like going like, we're not, we're definitely not getting signed tonight. And I got off stage and the, the guys from the label were like, there was two different labels there and Roadrunner came too, but oh, wow. they were kind of being quiet. And I was like, this is the usual. We're going to get yeah. passed on again. We've been passed on eight times. And then finally I walk over to the photo finish guys and they're like, get over here. And I'm like, What's up? And they're like, we're signing you. Let's take a shot. I'm like, I'm 18, dude. They're like, fuck it. Just. <laughs> and I, shit, dude. The next morning I had a record deal and it was like that fast. And then shit just went. Just Is that shit. back when they were given like advances, like big advances? We didn't shit? get a huge advance yeah. and I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, but but you, we were, little, you were there for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm like, you know, and then my attorney's like, you know, they, they negotiate the deal. I didn't know it. I had no clue what anything yeah. was. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, but next thing I know, it was like it happened pretty fast. And then we got an agent, we got a manager. And within like six months, we're like on tour with the used. They're like, hey, you guys want to go on tour with the used? Then we're on a tour with Chevelle. Badass. And, we, yeah. and we were like just playing with our heroes all of a sudden. We we're like, yeah. and we were opening for Puddle of Mud. We'd be like, oh, you got six dates with Puddle of Mud. And I'm just like, what the fuck? This Woo. is awesome. Yeah. And man, I loved it, man. I just, it was everything I wanted, you know? So you told me this story. Uh, 
last week that was like i can't remember you want to see some band and you like told your guitar player you're like that's what we need to do <laughs> yeah so we were uh, this is kind of uh, right before probably like 07 when i was still in high school we went out to la and we saw avenge sevenfold yeah and i was like it was city of evil tour and we were like damn if we could only do what they're doing we got to start a fucking band and that's when we did and in like 2010 my manager like right we had just finished our album in the studio we had done some of these dates and then my manager was like hey and my agent were like we just got you a big tour like i'm about to send you an offer and it was 55 shows with avenge sevenfold and disturbed and huge amphitheaters and i was like fuck yes dude whole summer dude we got a bus it was like everything you think of but we kind of just full circle moment when i thought about that show i went to i bought a ticket to that show and next thing you know, I was like opening for those guys, which was awesome. Yeah, you know? I mean, how cool is that? Yeah, full circle moment. Mm-hmm. How how wild are those shows? Because like I've seen like I guess like the festival ones from like Rock Am Ring and like yeah. the big ones out in Europe when they get like the pits going oh, yeah. and like um the the guys from Avenged Sevenfold. Like how wild? And you have Disturbed there, and that's like the heyday for <laughs> oh, both dude, of those guys. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this was like oh yeah, 2010. They had just put out a big record. Um, and, we, and we actually did that tour and then we went right into they we got along really well with Avenged and then they invited us to go out to another tour it was us Hollywood Undead Stone Sour and Avenged <laughs> in, in arenas. and that was fucking it was called the Nightmare After Christmas tour because they're I think their record was called nightmare that was their single yeah it's your fucking nightmare yeah. Oh, <laughs> but yeah. dude man they had this thing where at the beginning of the show this guy would the, one of their crew guys would would walk around up in the rafters on the on the rigging or whatever yeah and then he had a noose and then like the beginning of the show the light would go up to the guy and he his name was cowboy he'd walk up on the rigging he was a lighting guy he'd walk up with no harness didn't give a wow fuck. i was like dude but he'd walk up there and then spotlight would go up there and then all of a sudden he would just jump off like with a noose on his neck and then just go wow hang like he looked like he killed himself oh, and then yeah. as soon as he landed as soon as the rope like snapped they had one of those big cannons and if you didn't know what the like the first night of the tour i got yeah. i was like shit in my pants yeah like, you do that shit now your ass is yeah, exactly you know what I mean? yeah dude yeah so it was it was great but yeah those shows are wild but it was it was really fun to I don't know. It's just fun to meet your heroes, man, and do your do our thing. We weren't making any money, you know what I mean? Like that was the yeah. that was the one thing I thought. Whatever, I didn't really care at the time, but you know, um, at the t- you know, we just were always sleeping in the van. Mm-hmm. We would get two hundred fifty dollars a show for the whole band, yeah. everything. Yeah. But that's for your gas and your hotel and everything. And we would just so you're just going in the red, but you're we just did, like, we would just make it work, dude. We would hustle CDs, man. We would walk around with boxes of CDs. I remember the second show of the one of the Avenge tours. Um, the we were in Boston and the rigging was just not they they wouldn't let cherry pickers come in they couldn't get their rigging up and then they're like we're gonna have to push you guys back like a little bit you're gonna have to cut a song and we're like okay whatever and then they're like all right it's getting worse you're gonna have to cut two songs and we're like dude we only have a 30 minute set or whatever yeah. so now we're 20 minutes or whatever and then finally the tour manager came in and he's just like hey look look boys it ain't happening tonight we're gonna have to cut you guys and I'm like, yeah. what? It was the second show of the tour, and I'm like, shit. And the Venge guys came in, and they're like, dude, we're so sorry. This is not up to us. Like the, they have a strict curfew, and like they were making Stone Sour cut, they were making everybody cut, but it just cut down. And they couldn't. They had to do everything by hand or whatever. But then we were like, well, what the fuck are we gonna do? And they're like, you still get paid. I'm like, oh yeah, our two hundred fifty dollars, like great. Yeah. That'll pay for our gas. And uh, so we were like, fuck it. What are we gonna do? And we grabbed boxes, CDs, and we walked out to the all the, the in the crowd. middle of the arena and the crowd and we're like CDs and they're like who are you guys we're like 
we're supposed to open, but they wouldn't let us. And then, dude, we sold like 300 CDs that night. Hell yeah. And we, you know, we made like three grand or something and we were like, we made it work, you yeah. know? So it's just, that's just what you have to do, I guess. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I noticed being on tour with Kid Rock that like his fans still buy the CDs. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a different era of like time. Like I remember, I don't know, this was probably 10 years ago. I opened for Chris Chance. Like when Buy Me a Boat was like right before it got big. Yep. I remember him saying on stage, he was like, we got CDs for sale in the back, which those things won't be a thing much longer. Right. You know? Yep. And now people like, I mean, I know my fans love to buy physical copies of Absolutely, CDs. We sell dude, them at yeah. the show and I'll sign them or like whatever. But yep. like for the most part, it's like, what is that? You no, know? I know. I, I have CDs from like when I go on tour, I try to tell their artists, like if I'm, if they're going on, I'm like, you got something to sell, yeah. you know, because you got to have something to sell. Merch is everything. I mean, we would have never survived those tours. We would have been broke. We just hustled our way through it, you know. What was that band out of Birmingham? They were like a rock band. Um, St. Paul? No, I can't think of their name right now, but they, they would like tour. I think Aerith did some shows with them for a while. He like played guitar. Um, anyways, but they, I remember they used to just like the money, like their band was like a business and then whatever they made on the shows just went into the business account, but they paid each other like a percentage of merch. Like that's yeah. how they made money. Was, yeah, no, exactly. That's all we, we made it work, but yeah, we kind of had a, we had a, within reason. That was the name of the band. Oh, nice. There yeah. you go. There's so many of those, yeah. um, bands back from that day. And I was, you know, we were close to being, you know, just we, we, we did our first record and then our first single comes out goes to like 33 and then it falls off and then all of a sudden I wasn't hearing much from the record label you mm-hmm. know yeah. but we had done that tour and I'd met the guys from Octane on XM and the, the one guy Jose the main host oh, yeah. I, was, I listen to Jose yeah, on he, Octane he fucking loved us and he was like hey I'm gonna play this song Race to the Bottom and it has Motherfucker in it yeah. 13 times oh wow yeah. in every chorus double chorus <laughs> I said it in the verse I just didn't give a yeah. shit and I, I wasn't thinking about radio I was just thinking about what I thought was the cool the vibe baby yeah, yeah. exactly awesome. and uh, he started playing it because XM you can say whatever you want and uh, it started reacting and then all of a sudden the label called me and they're like hey you're selling a thousand downloads a day and then there's like you're selling two thousand a day and ten thousand and we we're like shit so then we kind of went it went to radio and we got to the problem with it was not the problem with it was they started playing it so early that all the last stations were there. The first stations were burnt on it by the time oh, the last well, stations yeah. got it. It was like moving the big needle. It was hard, you know, like Cumulus was the last big, we, we had all these other, we had yeah. the clear channel stations, but then by the time Cumulus added us, some of these ones were dropping off, but we got to like 12 or something like that. Hell and we yeah. sold a lot and it was a big deal for us, you know? Yeah. And so then all of a sudden we were like, shit, now we are showing up to places and people, people were are coming. Knowing, yeah, yeah. Which was awesome. But then it was like at the end of that year or something, we went to we had another single come out and it just it, it got to like twenty five or something like that. And then at the end of that year, we went back to New York because somebody changed at the label and they're like, "Well, oh, they man. They, I, they said your options up to do your next record like with Atlantic or whatever." And they're like, "Hey, can you come up and play for the president?" And I told my manager at the time, "I'm like, what, dude? Like, I'm I've been signed to this label for four years. You hadn't seen me. My picture's up there." On the wall, they're like, "Come, he wants to come see the new songs or something." I'm like, "Okay." So we went up there and played, and this is not talking shit. I mean, this is just what it is. Like, yeah. so I went up there and played, and we killed it. You yeah. know, and I played the songs that I was gonna record on my next record, which is a whole other story. But I played those songs, and we killed it. And then they're like, "I got a call right before Christmas. Hey, buddy, they just they're just they got too many rock acts already, and they just they don't have a, a spot for you. They don't have a person for you. Yeah. Your A and R person left and went to Republic, and I'm like." 
Great. So then we got dropped right before Christmas, dude. Worst feeling in the world, dude. Great you know, news. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. But then we ended up um, regrouping and, and signing another deal with their label called Imagine Records and. Um, the drummer of the band Seven Dust, you mm-hmm. guys know Seven Dust. Yeah. yeah. Morgan Rose, he was like the A and R, and uh, we made a record with them. And man, they just kind of let me. They loved what I did, and they they loved the songs, and they just like go make a record. And I did. Me and my friend Kevin Kadish, who I still work with here today, that's whose house I was mm-hmm. at today. We made this album, and I thought it was a masterpiece in my mind. I was like, this is the best thing I've ever done. And we spent three months every single day. Me and him didn't do nothing else, song by song by song by song. And we turn it in. We go to radio. Same thing. Get to like 33. Fall off the chart. Damn. Start going like, hey, uh, can you go on this tour? They want to pay you 100 bucks a show at first to four. I'm like, so what? We're going to go on at like 6 p.m. No one's going to see us. Yeah. Can't even sell merch because it's only a 500 cap room we were going to play. Mm-hmm. And no tour support. And I was just like, I was about 25 at the time. And I was just like, you know what? Fuck this. Yeah, this is not what I, I've already played every city. Yeah, it's, like, every, it's like, I've learned now. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, you, you're asking me as a grown man to go do this. You want me to go play for a hundred dollars for all of us? Yeah. We can't even fill one tank of gas with that. And well, you're just gonna have to make it work. And I was like, I ain't making that work. I'm done. You I'm know, not like, doing it. It was just, it had gotten to the, it was just like that. It was the lowest point. Cause I was just like, man, I'm not, I'm not a slave. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I deserve just, I don't, I'm not trying to be a millionaire. I just yeah. didn't want to sleep in the van the rest of my life. Yeah. You know? And I just decided right then I was like, you know what? This isn't for me. I've already done this. I had spent five years just touring with that first record, sleeping in the van, making no money, you know? And, uh, I've played every shithole five fucking grinding. Yeah. 15 times dude like i've played bogarts in cincinnati which is a great club don't get mm-hmm. me wrong but i've played there eight times dude you know like and i'm like how many more times can i do this and not get not even be able to pay my rent at the that's end crazy of the month, right yeah is that something that's different between the rock world and the country world because I, I have Big buddies time. that are in the rock scene in new york and like they say that it's like as i tell them like what it's like touring with the country acts that i've been dude. out with compared to the rock world like as far as coming up as an opener like oh dude di- totally different it's so weird. I don't know why it's so different. When I started doing my own solo country shows, they're like, yeah, they'll give you three grand to go play this show. And I'm like, really? Like we would get nothing. And we had a hit on the radio. I'm like, we get like $1,500 after we had a hit. And I'm like, really? And and, and I had nothing going on as a country, but they just take care of each other way more. Mm -hmm. And they, I don't know what it is. I, um, I mean, I guess it's a bigger market. I guess that's the main thing. But anyways, that's when I, that's when I said, all right, I just told my manager, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I, I just didn't see the path to success. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, um, I, it's not that I didn't believe in myself. I just thought I don't got the right squad yeah. or something. Something is just not all working here and I'm kind of sick of it. So I stopped then. And then that's when I really said, I'm going to just write songs, you know what I mean? For a while and just see where you, li- you were, li- were you living here during I, all that At that point time? I was living here on okay, the second yeah. record. I moved here to, and, and to, to work with Kevin on that record. And I was painting houses yeah even when i had a record deal i was painting houses yeah i mean i get it man you know it was like we. i remember when i was putting out songs two three years ago i mean i was i sold my car i mean i would work with my stepdad like yep, you know whatever. whatever i could to make money to keep yep, the dream alive absolutely and so at that time kevin my my who had worked on that record with he had just he had written the song all about that bass mm-hmm. and, I, and, and at the same time like megan and i we had we had met back then because she was nobody then. And when I was making my record, mm-hmm. and she got a record deal, and we were friends and everything, and 
And she's like, what's up with your record? And Allison Hervis was like, yeah. and she was just gone. And I'm like, worked with the same producer, same writer, but it's just like some things are just like made in the stars or whatever, mm -hmm. you know? And, and it is obviously super hard to compare yourself, right? You're like, yeah. I was like friends with this girl and this, my friend, Kevin, he's like, dude, I love your record, but I, this just worked. You this know what I mean? Worked, like yeah. it is what it is. And so then anyways, Kevin had sold his catalog or whatever. And he was like, I'm going to, I'm going to do a co, I want to do a co-venture with you. I don't, I just, I believe in you as a writer. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you want to do after your band, but I just think you're going to be, you could write songs. And so he signed me to a publishing deal. Like this is about five years ago now. And, uh, gave me a microphone and I had pro tools and, and I just started writing songs. Did you know how to pro tools before? Like, when did you learn that? <clears throat> I kind of had a little bit of a, um, I kind of knew a little bit. I just would I always, whenever I, we were making a record or mixing or whatever, I was watching. I was like, what are you doing there? I was watching him edit. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of would ask a little bit like, what's that? Well, that's just, that's compressor. That's this. I just watched, but dude, five years ago, I, I wasn't very good, yeah. but I just, did it every single day well, you're really fucking good at yeah, it now, now, now yeah. i'm real good at it but yeah. i was okay i knew the concept but i didn't mm -hmm. know what the fuck i was doing now i'm but five years of that of just doing it every single day but so then i started writing country songs and i wrote um a couple that everybody started getting excited about i wrote this one called family that craig wiseman heard and then he said i want to write with that kid and then i wrote one with him called sleeves which is one of my biggest songs about my tattoos and that's when i really started being like oh okay i like because I was telling autobiographical stories about my own life. And yeah. I love the storytelling in country. You know, I got bored of writing rock songs. And, and it's funny because you go back and forth. Now I might be like, okay, I've said everything you can yeah. say in country. Sometimes you're like, fuck, I just want to rock. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I had done that and I just when, had felt when like. When did Fire the, is it Fire the Night Up? Is that fire the Up the Night. Fire yeah. Up the Night, sorry. Oh, you're good. Yeah. I'm a piece of shit. No, you're good, dude. <laughs> um, when uh, did that hit? When did that hit? Because, mm. I mean, that song's got like a ton of streams. Man, so during all this, I start doing country and I'm just like head down, go doing that and like. You know, I had just made peace with the band. I just thought it, it, we did it. We look honestly in, in my life. I, I I could go back and look and say it's not. I didn't fucking try. Yeah, I tried hard as fuck. I got two record deals. Yeah. I had a song on the radio. I played arenas. I toured the world. It didn't end up how I thought it was supposed to end up, but that's okay. And so yeah. I was just head first into writing songs and doing country. And when all that starts starts happening, our Spotify, you know, is starting to you know be more popular and. We just kept getting some more month. We had sixty thousand monthly listeners. Oh, that's pretty good. Hundred thousand, and then we had a different song that was our most popular song, and then all of a sudden, "Fire Up the Night" kind of went into the number one spot on mm -hmm. our thing, and then all of a sudden, just kept going. And at the, one year, I thought, "Wow, we're at three hundred thousand monthly listeners." Yeah, and then it was like that song had ten million streams. Then it was like it just kept going and going until today. It's still crushing it today. Still going. Like we have almost seven hundred thousand listeners now, and that song's got fifty million on Spotify, ten million on Pandora, ten million on Apple, fifteen on YouTube or something like that. It just keeps going, and uh, that was like this big blessing. It was almost like something from God or something, just kind of saying like, "Hey, don't close the You're door." Doing the right thing. Don't close the door on that yet, yeah. you know, or something. I don't know. And so, about two years ago during the pandemic, I was thinking to myself everybody in town try to talk me out of like you can't do two things you can't be a country guy and a rock guy yeah. you know and i was like i listened for the first few years and then during the pandemic i just was like why the fuck can i you know yeah. like but the truth is man is that's i mean like just sitting here talking to you you know and listening to your story that's your fucking grind dude that's right. what you know it's either gonna be farming and playing music like your dad right you know what i mean 
you do all that shit. And I just love working on music and, and just, um, and I've really found a great, you know, I've, I've found a great set of collaborators in Nashville too, like meeting this whole town. And what's funny is like now I'll even write rock shit with like Craig or something. Like he's like, let's write something for your band, dude, or whatever. And, but I've seen people like Jelly Roll do like, hey, he's doing rap, country, yeah. and rock doing on one all, record. Baby. It's yeah. all in there now. I mean, look at Hardy. Yeah, exactly. Look Hardy's at Hardy. doing it. And look I'm at Coetzel. There's so much totally, out there. Totally, dude. And I'm like, that's exactly, that's our generation, I mm -hmm. think. I'm like, Bro, I had a mixed CD, you know. Yeah, had, with Tupac. Uh, bro, yeah, you know, Chesney and then like Eminem and Metallica. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Black yeah. Elbow and, and shit. And you listen to that shit all night long. Dude, I would just song for song. And still to this day, I still love listening to all these t genres or whatever. But yeah, so I these last couple of years, I poured a song out. <clears throat> we, Me and Kevin wrote a song called Die Trying. I'm like, well, let's just try one more song just to see if anybody's listening. And all of a sudden, that song got 5 million streams. And I'm like, well, that's not bad. And then I put another song out called Fuck It that's doing really great now. But um, And now we're playing our first show again with Disturbed. That's good. <laughs> and Chevelle. Yeah. And uh, after and all these years. Paid. And I'm getting paid yeah. this time. Yeah. And let's it go. ain't 250 bucks. Yeah. So. Let's go, baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. And, and, uh, I'm just, I love making me, I mean, the fact that I get to make music for a living, that's my, my number one, you know, um, greatest, you know, goal. That was my biggest goal. And I just keep thinking like, I'm going to do it until they say I can't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like until someone's like, all right, no more for you. Yeah. <laughs> you so know? how did you write, uh, how did you get into writing, uh, uh, Beach Cowboy and, yeah, so I was um, and, and I, a couple of years into my first deal with Kevin. Like the first couple of years of my publishing, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And I was just writing for this and that and really writing for myself. But um, I didn't have any business writing for any other anybody else. Everybody thinks you can just come to Nashville in your first year. Yeah. I mean, once in a while, some people get, you know, not lucky, but just things just work just out. Just fall in. But most of us have to figure it out for mm. a bit. And, and I wrote about 200 shitty songs and then started figuring out after that. But um then I met I met um, Troy Tomlinson at Sony, who was running at Sony ATV at the time. He heard my song "Sleeves" and I ran into him at a breakfast, and he's like, "Man, I love that sleeves song, and and uh, I'd love to work with you someday or whatever." And then my publisher at the time was like looking for an admin for my stuff, and was like, "Hey, what if we go to Sony? They can do your creative services, or whatever." So that's when I met Dane Schmidt. And Dane, love Dane. Yep, Dane's another Minnesota guy. So I knew his MySpace band. Jamestown yeah. story. Shout out. Oh, he, he had a, he had a <laughs> oh yeah. MySpacers all linking up. Oh, bro. He I'm had going that out. shit when you we get down to. here. He's going to kill me I'm going to put it on my story and tag him. He's going to kill me. What's it called? Do Jamestown right story. Thank you, MySpace Tom. <laughs> yeah. But him and Jordan, his brother, you know, his brother Jordan wrote God's Country. Jordan's yeah. crushing. He's Jordan's running. awesome. He's great, too, but. That's Dane started hooking me up with people, and he was, you know, he had worked. Look at, at that. That's it, dude. Let's go, Dane. Dude, he's got some streams too, bro. Dude, he does. Four million. Come on, million. baby. What's your favorite on here? I don't even remember. You don't remember? Yeah. Cool. You don't listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been about just 10 book years. my rights. All yeah, right. I'm not listening on, to your music. <laughs> I'm not listening to your demo, Dane. Goddamn it. Um, but yeah, that's I met Dane, and Dane really quickly. Him and I, he knew what I, I you know. He were what my strengths were and stuff, and started putting me in new rooms. And I, you know, that's when he put me with this kid Red Farron, and who signed to Tree Vibes, and yep. I started um, working with him a bunch. And then some of the songs we were turning in were getting to Brian and Tyler from FGL, mm -hmm. and they just kept saying, "Who'd you write this with?" And he's like, "Jake Rose." And then the, another one, "Who'd you write that with?" Jake Rose. And they started getting that name, I think, and they go, "Okay, well, I, 
Yeah, it's like anytime you want to get anything across, you got to hear the name or see it seven times before it totally, becomes a thing. Totally, yeah. You know, yeah, one time you're like, oh, whatever. And it was just finally a combination of stuff. And then there was a song we wrote with Red Farron that um, me and Michael Whitworth and Red Farron wrote that one day I was like fucking around with some rap shit. And I was, because Red Farron was like a rapper, but he's doing country. But mm. And I was like, well, let's just do a rap country song kind of thing because who cares we're just yeah. fucking around today and we wrote this song called countryside and that's what fgl cut that song they they heard it and they're like this is dope we love this we're cutting it so that's what then i got a florida georgia line cut and that's when i think i was really on their radar then and then we had another song it didn't end up making the record redfern actually cut it recently but we had another song they were like we're cutting that one too and i was like holy shit two yeah. fgl cuts and and then um so then we got then i started getting in with brian and uh, he, he's like, hey, I want to write with you or whatever. And so we wrote a couple of times. But then during the pandemic, we had written like once or twice. And I thought it went okay. But I, I was like, the first time Brian and I wrote, it was me, him, and Kane and Smith. And I forgot a stupid-ass dongle for my laptop. And I had like eight tracks I was going to play. I made all these tracks. Damn. And I was like, I got I was freaking out. I get to his house. And he's like, oh. he's like, hey, man, no sweat, dude. Don't, don't worry, man. We'll figure it out. I'll get my assistant to go get us something. And I was like... No, when I was, I was like trying to be all prepared, and that got me all fucked up. Yeah. And then he, his assistant brought a thing, and we ended up writing something totally different, and it was fine. But I was in my head about it, like, well, I yeah. fucked that up. Yeah. But then we ended up writing one more time. Like, it was kind of during the pandemic. He came to town for something, and he hit me up in Red Farron, and we wrote. And then he's like, man, I'm kind of trying to write some of these beach songs. Like, I'm kind of doing a record, I think. And he was trying to kind of dabble in it, dipping his toes in there. And then he's like, man, would you guys want to come down to the beach and write? And I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> that ain't a bad, yeah. bad little retreat right there. Yeah, down in Grayton. And and so then we went down to his house for one trip and then turned into like a few weeks later, come back down again, let's do it again. And then he just, he's got a really good vision for what he wants. Yeah. He, a lot of times, like everybody will show up to a ride with him and thinking like, oh, I got this title about, you know, don't do this on the beach, but beach this, beach that, beach beer, but you know, yeah. party this, but, and he has his own kind of, he a lot of times has a title and mm -hmm. he, um, it was just me and him and Red Farron on this trip. And he just was like, he came in and he's like, man, I got this title beach cowboy. I just, he's like, we were the night before we were on the beach having beers and whatever. And this guy comes up with like leather skin and a Yeti and like a cowboy hat on and whatever. And he just, he's like the mayor I can't remember his name's Mark or something in there. He's like that. He's a beach cowboy. Like yeah. he just is out here every day drinking beer. He's retired. His skin's like leather. That's that's <laughs> the energy. Nice. We're, and and he said that. And he's like, man, I got to go run and take a call for like thirty minutes, but I'll be right back. But like, just married in on that. And I had this track, and I started playing this kind of calypso track. Yeah. I had that made. Yeah. I was like, I don't. know, This is kind of a weird track. And then immediately brian leaves and then red Farron's like yeah they call me beach and i'm like that's it dude <laughs> we like high-fived and we started writing a verse by the time bk came back we're like dude check this out and he, he just like we played it the chorus like kind of yeah. we didn't have it all but yeah. we had a little bit of it and he's just like high-fived us like that's it boys let's go <laughs> that's awesome and then that trip we ended up riding like horses on the beach i think that trip i think we got like and, and highway on the water same day we had like three or three cuts in one day yeah and it was like when you're on the right project with the right people and they got the right they have a direction it's a lot easier than just guessing you know everything kind of falls together yeah. well, that's so that's cool. kind of how that happened and yeah and uh and working you, on you got to produce that track right too mm -hmm. yeah yeah it was one of those things where 
again, it was like a, I was in Key West on vacation with my wife and uh, I was like, you know, our business, we never turn it off, right? We're just always on. We're always answering the calls late. You called me the other night late. Yeah. I'm like, I'll answer, what, what, you know, because yeah. I'm a, we're hustlers, you know? I just brought my Apollo and my laptop just in case anything came up. I had sent, Corey Crowder was producing the record and he's like, hey, can you give me this, your demo for this, this, and this? And like, I'll take care of you. I'll make sure you get points and stuff. And I was like, yeah, yeah no problem. So I gave him all these other songs, but I never gave him Beach Cowboy because they weren't going to cut it. And then he calls me on like a Saturday. He's like, hey, man, we're in the studio with, with BK. And can you give me that Beach Cowboy track? And I'm like on vacation. And I look at Rach and she's like, I'm going to kill you, dude. And I'm like, I need one hour. And yeah. I was like, give me one hour. And she's like, you're on the clock. So I grab my laptop, plug it in at the hotel. And I'm like, get all the stems and send it to Corey. And then like two weeks later, Brian's like, this is the first single, dude. I'm like, that's Whoa. crazy. <laughs> and I'm glad I fucking brought my laptop because they definitely would have just been like, nah. Next. Go with something else. Yeah, yeah. You know? I have three in my backpack right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> three dude, laptops. Yeah. Three laptops. That's great. But yeah, that's kind of how that worked. And then now I'm working on a new record with Brian. He just signed a big machine. Heck yeah. And uh, we're excited about that. We got a song called American Spirit that we wrote that's coming out yeah, July 1st. The first, I think when we wrote My Ex Came Over, which is my next single coming mm -hmm. out, by the way. Mm. Um when we wrote that, you like played it for me. Yeah, maybe it was the demo or something at that the, point. Yeah, yeah, the demo at that point. You're like, man, I wrote this song. I think it's awesome. And yeah. You played it for me the other day. Yeah, that the finished awesome. version. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm excited about that. So it's been good, man. Yeah. That's great. Uh, we got this game that we play. Mm -hmm. It's called uh, Real DM, Fake DM. Oh, All right, so Bonner's gonna run this. Bonner, so, so yeah. I haven't seen these these DMs either, so I'm playing. I'm I, playing with I you, have the cheat sheet here. Yeah, Trey, <laughs> li Trey likes to. Know I would like to thank time. our friend Ross for putting these together. Tortellini, yeah, Tortorigi. Ross, tor 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 <laughs> tortellini, tortorello, oh, something, God. something Guinea. Toasting oak. <laughs> so I don't know if if you ever saw the videos when Dick Down Dallas first came out. We used to get these crazy DMs from people, and I would read them. On camera, on I didn't response. see that. So that's how the podcast was born, DM Monday. So yeah, it was oh, inst it great. was Instagram content that Trey and yeah. Trey were doing for a long time. Yeah, girls that's were asking TNT. us to shit on our chat. Like, <laughs> no, there's this one girl that like showed up to we played a uh, we played a, a show with Hardy festival. and and Biloxi, and she had a sign that said "shit on my chest." Oh I, my uh, god! It, like, hey, it said Trey Lewis, please shit, shit on, on my chest. chest. Yeah, I have it in my closet. Oh my yeah. god! She brought dude. it to the meet and greet at the merch table. Her name was Megan. She's a really nice lady. Yeah, she's a nice girl. <laughs> people do wild shit on tour, dude. I remember so many times people would tattoo our fucking signature. Oh, hey, dude. Dude. oh, dude, he's got those. Yeah. I signed the girl's ass, and she got it. Yeah, I this one girl had her tits signed, and it was like my bass player signed them. And I, I remember just, you know, signing people's whatever, arm or whatever. You know, you're, you're doing your best, but it's like you're yeah. doing it fast. And I'm like, I didn't even do it very good. And you it's know? like, what if I never make it? You know, no, I mean? I know. Like, my bass is... player left the band after that. I'm yeah, like, well, like, you got the wrong bass the, player the on there pressure, now, bro. The pressure of this is yeah. just too much. <laughs> exactly. you know? It's like, God. Dude, I walked people somebody by somebody the other night, and <laughs> the girl had her forehead signed by Trey. I oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's some wild shit crazy. Out there. Oh yeah, yeah there's just wild people. But anyways, let's hear some of these. I heard you have small balls, but are they heavy? Real or fake? Ah, that sounds fake. I'm. He's got that it. Was, that was yeah, fake. you're solid. He got it. Yeah. I did. I did put the video up of me talking about my small balls. I think that was like first episode. <laughs> that was episode <laughs> one, talking about how Trey had small balls. Yeah. <laughs> Baby, it's your wife. Please answer. 
please. That's real, I think. There's some crazy critters out mm. there. That's real. I, I can maybe see it. I'll go real like that. It's Damn, real. two for two. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Damn. Come on. Damn. Let's go. Yeah, we have this, like, this girl's, like, trying to scam Alex. Saying what? Well, I don't know. I guess my manager's number's, like, on the, it is. It's on the website. And oh, Facebook. So he gets all kinds of calls. Like, we had this one thing. We've talked about it on here before. This lady got scammed on Instagram or something, and... Was where she paid five hundred dollars to meet me in VIP and was and was gonna get to suck me off for five hundred dollars <laughs> and then she got mad because it was fake and was like calling me a piece of shit but it wasn't me it was just a scam you know Damn. suck and me Al- off Alex, for five hundred dollars <laughs> and, Al- and Alex was like so you're mad because you got scammed because you solicited for a sol- sol- yeah, yeah, soliciting yeah. prostitution for paying to suck you she off. was like yeah I don't know. <laughs> damn dude that's, that's wild lot. yeah. I it wish was, I was that cool. I wish we had a VIP. Damn, Most places we play don't even have a green room. You know? <laughs> I know. We'll be playing strip clubs before long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hey, long as they pay. <laughs> Who's going to be on the next DM Monday podcast? I love listening to it. Fuck Matt Burrell. That one could be real because there are some people yeah. that love those shirts. Hmm. I'm going to go real too. Damn. Damn it. It's yeah. real. Who'd that, right? come, right? who'd that come from? Uh, I think it's that girl that you went to high school with or something. Isn't that funny how you kind of start getting to know fans? Yeah. Where you're like, oh, oh the, I know there's this a, There's a community around around Trey, like, for there's, sure. There's that girl that... Uh, <laughs> oh, Kelly. Yeah. Yeah, that you went to high Shout school Shout out, Kelly. Shout we out had Kelly. that same thing with my band. It would be like... And my two, my bass player and guitar player, they had a way with the ladies. And, and every, every town I come to is like, oh, man. No, McElwain's got away with the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> they say go, I buddy. do, but he, I don't think so. We had a girl that said, told my bass, I'm sorry, my guitar player, that he, she was having his baby. And he was like, oh shit, you know, I don't think he did use protection or whatever. And he's like, fuck, my life is over. And she turns out she was crazy. She comes to Minnesota. It was like in North, she was from like North Dakota. And she comes to Minnesota and he made her go to the, you know, get a test. And the doctor yeah. said, honey, you ain't pregnant. And then she's like, you need to take that test again. And she's like, it's 99.999% sure. And my guitar player just jumped up like, fuck you, bitch. Get out of my life. Some Maury shit right it there. It was rough. You dude. are not the father. <laughs> it was like that, dude. And it was like, people are crazy. She was like convinced. She's like, no, 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 I'm pregnant. And he's like, what? And like for like two weeks, he was like freaking out. He's like, dude, I'm dude, that's it, I'm not to even quit cool. the band. That yeah. ain't even cool. That, that ain't it. That yeah, that ain't cool. it, bro. That so. ain't it. I remember when we were like doing shows back in the day, like playing Tin Roofs and stuff. I would hook up with girls and like the whole time, like between the next time I talked to him was like able to like get it in conversation like you're not pregnant or you know like, <laughs> yeah. I would be like damn I have to like quit music you know and like <laughs> mm-hmm. all that shit I feel like I don't know did it ever happen we'll get back to these DMs yeah. but did it ever happen for you where like I mean you've been through so much shit you know with the getting dropped and yeah. you know did it ever cross your mind to quit like hey maybe it's time to like hang <clears> this up I think on my second after my second record deal and I just thought the game is rigged or something. Like I just felt like there's just, yeah. the, I wrote a, and here's the ironic part about that was that record that I went to Atlantic. I played fire up the night when I was with Atlantic and they said, nah, and they passed on me then. And then I made that record 
with my second the second label and then they couldn't do anything with it and it didn't do any it was a nothing you know, so you put it out yourself well you, no it, it was still out it was just yeah. sitting there and it was just doing nothing for like two years yeah. and i just was like whatever you know i was like i made such a great record and no one gives a shit yeah and then it's like now ironically now i'm like i knew i had something there because look at now now it's got 80 million streams of that record or whatever but no there was a second where i just thought i just needed to regroup i was like apparently that's not the I'm, I'm, I'm hitting a wall every time with this thing. Like, mm -hmm. I did my absolute best on my second record. Like, not that I did my first, but my second record, I just thought, you man, really I have the like chops it. now. And I was yeah. like, I really went for it. And I was like, I'm going to have a hit. And then, of course, now it's a hit. But back then, it, did, it looked yeah. like another failure. And I was yeah. like, shit, this is the best I can do. And that's not good enough, you know? Yeah. And so, that point, I just knew I needed to regroup. It wasn't, I'm going to quit music. It was just, I'm going to have to do it in a different way. I'm going to have to win some Yeah, some I mean, other there's way. always just been like this... Uh, up until about four or five years ago, there was always this like underlying thing of like maybe I do need to do something else. But it's yeah, I, I never talked about it. You know, what yeah, I mean? exactly. You never got too serious. It about lives it. inside of you because I feel like as a creative person, your wheels start rolling of what you can do next. Totally, you know what I mean? absolutely. I'm always thinking about that, and and then it's like something like it's so weird when I would play arenas, right? And then I would come home and everyone would think I'm like famous or something yeah. in my hometown, and I'm like. Like, what's going on? And I'm like, little do you know, I'm driving Uber in Nashville because I just got dropped and I have no money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but up there, I'm like, ever, or wherever I'd go, people like, dude, how's the band or whatever? And I'm like, oh god, you know. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I'd also made peace, like I said, with like, there's a peace you get when you give everything, right? Like yeah. when you're like, you know what? I fucking, it's not like I didn't try. Yeah. I didn't. I wasn't gonna go to my you know, my death and go, well, I wish I would have tried to be a rock star because I fucking tried. And I did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I had that peace of mind, but I knew I wasn't done. You know, just something that was telling me. I've always kind of had that hunger. And even when you get a little success now, like when I got that floor Georgia line cut out, I, I was already on to the next. I was like, already. I got to figure out something else. Yeah. That was already, that's already done. Next. What's next? Not even you know? enjoying that. I'm yeah, no, gone. totally. Keep I was going. like, hopefully that works out, but I got to figure something else out. You yeah, know? I'm not so. chilling. I'm not chilling until I got like 15, number it, one. Exactly. <laughs> Get after it. Yeah, exactly. All right, what's next, Bonner? Uh, let me pull it back up. Uh, I'd like to use your thighs as earmuffs. I think that one's fake. Damn. That's not good. That's, that's too, too, like, I don't know. I, don't, I think that one's fake. Mm, I might go real on that. It's fake. Dang but, it. Yes. <laughs> stumped you. Trey has this thing where if you're uh, beating him, or if he's beating you in something, it's yes. Yes. Uh, nice. There you go. <laughs> uh, you don't need keys to drive me crazy. That sounds fake. That sounds like something Ross made up. That's fake. Damn, sorry, Try Ross. Better, you Ross. got outed. Christ. <laughs> I'm pretty persistent and am going to hunt you down. I want to get my hands on you. Mmm. That one's real. That sounds real. <laughs> that one's real. That's real. That's a critter if I've ever heard one. That's it is. Well, is that what you guys call it? Critters? Crit Burial does, yeah. yeah. Not just me. Yeah. It's, a, it's a whole. What do we call you? We used to call them. Uh, uh, we've done quit. Punishers. We'd call them Punishers. <laughs> punishers. Yeah, that's more rock and roll. Punishers. Well, that was people that would, you know, you'd ever like, they'd walk around, the, like, they'd never leave you alone. Oh, yeah. Like, Can I get a picture of you? Sure, buddy. No problem. Can you sign this? Yeah, no problem. Okay, my buddy's coming over here. Can you wait here? Yeah. I'm like, sure. Okay, hold on. Can you? We're gonna go, come take a shower, and it just keeps going. This and then doesn't. Stop. You're in the parking lot. Can it? Can you know? And you're like, holy shit. We yeah, call we, them we call uh, girls critters. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Got a critter in the back lounge. 
but you know, Brill kind of wore it out, so it kind of all quit saying. I, I, it. I'm, a, I'm from New York. I'm passionate when I talk. Yeah, I say a lot of the same shit. Like, like they say, do what and damn gum it and all their funny <laughs> yeah. shit. I say my things a lot, and they don't fucking like it, Jake. That's you know, hilarious. that's how it is. I so, like it. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. They don't get us, man. It's yeah. all right. But it is pretty funny because like people watch the podcast and they'll like come to the show and they'll go. Brill sells the merch. They'll come up and be like. Man, gonna be a hell of a critter crawl tonight, boys. Yeah, they'll, yeah. Look, they'll look around the room. We'll be in some college town. They're like, look at all these critters. Look like, at all the critters, damn. That's hilarious. So it's worked. <laughs> all right, Bonner, what you got? I heard you're out with Kid Rock. You gave me an introduction with him, and I'll let you do just about anything you want. Ooh. I'm like 50 50 on this. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go real. That's real. It's real. That's damn. real. Okay. Damn, Ross, you gotta love Kid Rock. <laughs> yeah, they do, dude. It's crazy. It's like some of my uh, some of my like friends or people I know from back in the day. I'll like walk out in the crowd and go stand to them. They're like, "So I can't make Kid Rock." I'm like, "No, he don't." No, make. No. I'm like, "All right, I'll see you later." I know that you're you don't give a fuck about me. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. came here to meet Kid Rock. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't meet anybody. You know, that's funny. Um, I've got a can of whipped cream in 30 minutes. Where are you at? Fake. That's Ross. Or that's Alex. That's Alex bullshit. Damn. That's a Taco Bell one last time was pretty yeah, good. Tell, yeah, tell the Taco one? Bell one. I gotta find that one. Uh, I said, have you ever had Mexican pizza from Taco Bell? Me either. Want to fuck? <laughs> was, was it a, real or fake? It was fake. It was oh, fake, right. but it was good. But it like could that. be real, judging by how some of these I real like ones that. sound. That yeah. does sound good. Well, man, I uh, appreciate you coming on today. I know you got some new music coming out once that's dropped. Yeah, man, I got a new song coming out with my band, New Medicine, this Friday called Take Me Away. Hell yeah. And we got a new music video out for our song, Fuck It, coming out next week. And uh, yeah, and I got a bunch of Jake Rose music coming out as well. I just put a song out called WD-40 and Beer. Hell yeah. And that's on a Keystone Light commercial right now. So, Dude, hell yeah. That's I remember awesome. back in the day, you get uh, 13 stones for, yes. thir- was it 13 stones for 14 bones or something like yeah, that? Yeah, 30 stones. For th- yeah, 30, yeah. yeah, 30. It was 30 for 14. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, 13 for 30. That's not yeah, expensive, 30. dude. Yeah, I haven't drank in so long. No, I don't even no, know no. the pack, so... And you said you had some. There were some tour dates coming up too. Yep, I'm doing. I'm going out with. Uh, we're doing this one actually next Thursday. I'm playing with um, Disturbed and Chevelle, and there's a couple more later this summer. And I'm just waiting to announce some more stuff. So things are things are good, man. Excited. Awesome. Excited to get back out there. Where can people follow you at? Um, you can follow me at Jake Rose Music on everywhere, and then my band is uh, New Medicine or New Medicine Rock. Yep. Hell yeah! So check us out. Well, dude, thanks for coming on today, and uh, man, just. Um, you know, I think I work hard, but when I listen to your story, I'm like, damn, I got to step <laughs> no, it up. No, so, no. <laughs> no that's what I, I like about you, dude. You work hard. I like that. You're a hustler, too. Yeah. I'm looking forward to writing some more songs together, man. Hell yeah, bro. Um, but I uh, appreciate you being on, brother. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, man. Hell yeah, boys. Uh, please uh, rate, subscribe, whatever, all that stuff. Thank y'all. Peace out. Till I found a six string Still wish
wish daddy could have seen that. Yeah, but mama did.